You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Balls, your team every day. I'm your host, Eric Kane, at underscore Kane or on Twitter at Locked On Vols. Do radio in Knoxville, 991 The Sports Animal. That is the flagship station for the University of Tennessee. Also, a staffer at VolQuest.com. That's the Tennessee rival site covering Tennessee football and recruiting. Got a fun week ahead. Again, we are inching ever so closer to game week. This is Monday, really. Come Thursday, yeah, come Thursday, it'll officially be game week. Tennessee simulating what game week will be like Monday through Saturday of this week, and then a week from Thursday, next week's Thursday, it will be football time in Tennessee. Going to have a fun show laid out here for you today, along with this week. More guests coming on to talk about Tennessee football throughout the week. But real quick before we get started today, the NFL season, it's also about to get underway. Nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network, August the 30th through September the 8th, Locked On NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app if you're interested or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in beginning August the 30th. So uh, today's show, Peyton Manning. Yes, that Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning of Tennessee football, Indianapolis Colts, the Denver Broncos, a pro football Hall of Famer. Yeah, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he joined the nation. That is a Vault Network production every Sunday night, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Central, uh, available on your Vault Network affiliates. And, you know, here in Knoxville, it was heard on the Sports Animal Sunday night. And he joined Chris Lowe and Austin Price and just talked a little bit of everything, Tennessee football, um, his personal life, and all that type of stuff. I took some quotes, and we're going to listen to what Peyton Manning had to say on The Nation in segments one and two uh, with some analysis thereafter. And in segment number three, we'll get you caught up on some camp notes. What's going on? What happened at practice on Friday? What happened in practice on on Saturday? And could there be an announcement for a starting quarterback today? We will find out. That is today's rundown here on Locked on Vols. Don't forget, Twitter Tuesday is tomorrow. Get all of your Twitter questions in at underscore Kane or at Locked on Vols. You can tweet me. You can DM me. However you want to get your questions in. We had a great turnout last week. We did two segments. Let's try for three segments tomorrow. All three segments. Ask me your questions. Give me your thoughts, your comments, your concerns, whatever, on Tennessee football, Tennessee sports, uh, your everyday life, whatever you got here on Locked on Vols. All right, so let's get into it. Peyton Manning on the nation last night. Chris Lowe and Austin Price did a great job lining that up, and uh, we got to hear 20 minutes uh, on our on our radios at 99.1 The Sports Animal here in Knoxville, and of course on the app or uh, however else you listen, maybe on the web. But got to listen to about 20 minutes of Peyton Manning, and during those 20 minutes, he had some good things to say. So I want to go ahead and play some of that audio. Uh, here's Peyton Manning on the relationships and the connections that he formed at Tennessee and why he still keeps in contact very very closely here today, here's Peyton Manning. I stayed close to the university throughout my entire time uh, since I've been playing for the Colts or the Broncos or even since I've been retired from uh, pro football. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of changes uh, there through the years, but uh, I've still had a great passion for the university, for the footballers that have played there, for the students when I'm back on campus, uh, for the alums. It's just been a great uh great connection for me to the, to the state of Tennessee and look I didn't know anybody when I signed with Tennessee in 1994 people treated me so well and welcomed me and so it's always been fun for me to be a part of it still well relationships have been my greatest takeaway from really all my years playing football it's not really a game or a, or a throw that 
kind of my greatest takeaway has been the friendships with, you know, Coach Fulmer, Coach Cutcliffe, uh, Roger Frazier, uh, Max Pear, the equipment uh, guys at Tennessee. And uh, I feel that way at kind of all the places that I've played. It's, it's the people that, that kind of make this journey uh, special and make it worthwhile. If you had to do it alone, then it just wouldn't be, you know, quite as fun. So even though I'm not playing anymore, fortunately, you still get to have those friendships and relationships with so many people, you know, like I said, not just the teammates and the coaches, the support staff, behind the scenes people that are that are integral into making a quarterback successful. So um, I cherish those relationships. If you watch Peyton's national, or really, you, you heard it right here on Locked On Balls because I played it in its entirety of eight minutes on one of the uh, one of the episodes. I guess it was last Monday, maybe two Mondays ago, whenever it was, um, uh, for the uh, induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and course his presenter into the hall was his father Archie and you know their strong bond in that football family led by Archie Manning here's a little bit about Peyton talking about his father Archie on how he taught him to act growing up and now and as an adult as well well certainly he was a great mentor and uh, I was eight years old when my dad retired so you know I can remember um, you know just lots of little things you know about his NFL career not necessarily on the field but you know kind of how he treated people after games, how he took time to sign autographs. I can remember, you know, going out to dinner and people coming up and asking him for an autograph, and he always took the time to do it. And so, um, uh, obviously had no idea that I would end up, you know, having the same profession, Eli as well. But once it did happen, you certainly remember, um, you know, lots of things that you got to witness uh, as a kid to see how he treated people, took time uh, to give back to the you know, New Orleans community to Mississippi. My dad never forgot where he was from or where his roots were. And so, yeah, I just I tried to follow a similar approach that uh, you know, my hometown of New Orleans is so important to me, the people there, and you know, my alma mater, uh, obviously Indianapolis and Denver. So um, he was a great mentor and uh, certainly learned a lot from him growing up. All right, so we're getting into some more of the Tennessee-centric stuff that he had to say, and he said a lot of great stuff. I mean, he gave shout-outs to – uh, some of those people that he still keeps in contact with here today at Tennessee. I mean, we're talking the equipment managers. You guys might, you know, hear me mention Hawk and Frazier and and some of the, you know, Max and some of these other guys. And those are longtime staffers at the University of Tennessee that's been involved with football that you know had been there since the, you know sometimes the 80s and late 70s. But you know when Peyton Manning was certainly there and who are still there today through all the coaching transition and terminal and all that. So it's been really really neat to hear what what Peyton's had to say about that. Um, here's Peyton Manning, and I'll, I'll start it with audio. The audio will start with Chris Lowe kind of asking the question, but you remember that 1995 Tennessee-Alabama game? Well, there was a certain play from that game that uh, lives in Vol glory still to this day. You hear the call often. You see the highlights. Here's Peyton Manning on that play, and if it was really that secretive coming in from the sideline, here's Peyton. 95-Alabama game when you guys break the streak. You're the only one in the stadium who knew you were going to keep the ball in the naked bootleg. True or false, Peyton? Uh, 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 two people knew it, uh, <laughs> or, or three actually. Uh, the David Cutcliffe, who called the play, Andy Sanders, who signaled the play into me, uh, and, and me. That was it. Uh, only they told the head coach. But, but the best way to get your offensive lineman to block if it's going to be a real running play is just to tell them it's a real running play. You know, if you tell them that the quarterback's going to keep it, uh, they're just not going to block the same. It's just a mental thing that, hey, you know, why should I come down and try to 
block this defensive lineman to try to get Day Graham into the end zone if the quarterback's going to keep it. But if you tell him this is a running play, and then at the last second you just keep the ball to yourself, it sells a lot more. And uh, um, I have this great picture of that play of, like, all the offensive linemen raising their hands because Graham actually scored, but he just didn't have the ball. And even the referee is kind of looking at Graham about to signal touchdown, yet I have the ball on the outside running toward the end zone. So I think either way we would have scored. But, uh, uh, yeah, Cutcliffe and Sanders and me, that was a three-man operation for sure. So it was just David Cutcliffe who called the play, Randy Sanders who signaled in the play, and, of course, Peyton Manning uh, who ran the play. And I love how he had to say – I love what he had to say right there about, you know, if you, if, if you call it a bootleg keep – then the offensive lineman would have blocked it differently. That's just human nature. Um, and you're talking about a sell job at that point, but if you called a running play and then you just kept the ball, then the offensive line would have blocked as if it was a running play, and everybody thought Graham had scored. That is so, so cool. So uh, Tennessee would have found the end zone twice if they would have handed it off to Graham, or obviously Peyton Manning kept the ball, and, and you know the rest is history. So I thought that was really, really neat. Uh, last thing here in segment number one, Peyton Manning on playing with just tremendous talent at the University of Tennessee. We're talking multiple first-round, second-round picks in the NFL draft uh, following that 1997 season. Uh, give this a listen, and uh, he's got a quote that I think you will it'll resonate with you guys very, very well. Uh, here's Peyton Manning on the talent he played with on the Hill. Well, it was special, and uh, um, I think I speak for all Vol fans, and I'd like to uh, maybe see that happen again <laughs> with our football team. You know, you know certainly uh, – you felt like the first and second round were just staples of having Tennessee players always there, and uh, we certainly like to get that back. And I know Coach Heupel's, you know, looking forward to uh, recruiting some great players and have a chance to go on and play. But you know, look, it was a real treat to play with a bunch of guys that love football. All those guys, you know, all love to work. They love to practice. Uh, they cared about their, you know, the team. You know, not just their individual statistics or whatnot. And when you have a bunch of talented players that are also very unselfish, uh, you have a chance to succeed. And I, I felt like I played with a bunch of guys like that. You know, Jamal Lewis, Leonard Little, just look, they all wanted to do their thing, but they all wanted to do their thing in order to help the team. And uh, uh, there's no surprise so many of those guys ended up you know, going to the NFL and being drafted so high. He said, I think that uh, I speak for every Tennessee fan when I say we hope to have more and more talent like that moving forward. Uh, amen. You know, it's, all, it's a lot of fun to cover talented teams, despite uh, there's never never not something to talk about with the Tennessee football and the Tennessee football beat, but uh, it, it's great to see when the team is winning and uh, the players that you kind of get to know. You see a couple times a week, the coaches you kind of get to know and the people you root for over there in that program uh, kind of find success. So uh, I thought that was a, a really cool quote, but especially when he said, <laughs> I think I speak for every Tennessee fan when I say, hopefully there's more talent like that to come. So uh, that was Peyton Manning on the nation. In segment two, we'll get a little bit more about Peyton Manning. What about his thoughts on when he knew it was time to retire? His best throw of his career, name, image, and likeness in the college game now, and uh, getting back into the game potentially in the future. All that from Peyton Manning on last night's The Nation of all network production. Those audio clips coming up here in segment number two. But first, I want to remind you guys about Sweat Block, okay? So you can wear what you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence, and 
it's an it's a must for everybody's toiletry bag, whether it's a presentation or a hot date. It's literally for every single person. Sweat block, it's doctor created, doctor recommended. It works up to seven days per use, and it's the dry shirt guaranteed. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, then you're gonna get your money back. It featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters, bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews. It's manufactured in the United States, okay? So if you struggle with sweating through your shirts, the pit stains, the back sweat, all that nasty stuff, we it's a little uncomfortable to talk about. Hey, it's 95 degrees out there. We're in the middle of August right now here in East Tennessee. It is hot, and if you're like me out there covering Tennessee football camp, you are sweating profusely all the days long. So if you or someone you love is dealing with something like this, all right, turn them on the sweat block. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com by using the promo code locked on. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com using the promo code locked on. You can buy it at Amazon or at your local CVS. Hey, what let sweat block make a difference for you? Okay, it's something again, it's uncomfortable. It's you know, people are self-conscious about how much you sweat, but it doesn't help when again it's 95 degrees outside. Sweatblock.com, buy it today, get 20% off. By using that promo code locked on. Let me know how it works for you. Again, that's sweatblock.com. And again, one of our other proud sponsors here for Locked On Balls, that is Renison Bank. The only thing that's more exciting than finding a new home is owning it. And the experts at Renison Mortgage are here for you. They have a wide variety of mortgage options to meet your home and financial needs, whether you're a first-time home buyer or if you're looking to finance your forever home, Heath will guide you through that process to find the right option for you. He's been uh, in the mortgage industry for over 26 years, and he's successfully helped tens of thousands of families with their home financing. They're large enough to offer a wide variety of products and small enough to provide custom, hands-on experience to the clients like a community bank. Call Heath Albritton today. That's 615-347-0578. That number again, it's 615-347-0578. Or visit him online at runasabank.com. Heath Albritton, NMLS number 196453, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All loans are subject to underwriting and credit approval. Bank NMLS number 402669. Back here for segment number two of a Monday show. Don't forget Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. Get in those Twitter Tuesday questions. DM me, tweet me at underscore Kaner at Locked on Vols. So more from Peyton Manning, who joined the nation last night of Vol Network production. Heard around the region on Vol Network affiliates across the state of Tennessee and, of course, uh, some other outliers there. And heard right here in Knoxville on The Sports Animal. Peyton Manning on the nation. Here is some more audio clips that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, here's Peyton on retiring, when he kind of knew it was time to retire, and how he wanted to go about the process. Here is Peyton Manning. You see some athletes that kind of announce that they are, you know, this is going to be their last year before the season, and it becomes, you know, maybe it's somewhat of a farewell tour. And I don't know. I remember Derek Jeter telling me that that, whole, that his last season was such a kind of became a distraction for you know the rest of the team. Not to mention, you know, all the balls and backs he was having to sign at every road game because it was the last time he was going to play in each of these towns. And so I remember him just saying, "Hey, Peyton, if you ever know you're going to retire." Just don't, uh, don't say it till the end of the season. Then just do it and be done with it because it just becomes a little too much. So I always kind of remember that, and um, uh, I didn't know, you know, uh, until probably kind of that playoff run uh, in 2015, culminate with the Super Bowl. That I, um, I sort of approached that playoff run as if it probably would be my last. I mean, you never quite know for sure. Tony Dungy 
was the one that kind of told me don't make any rash decisions. You know, you, you hear about players and coaches that decide they're going to retire uh, right after the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden, two months later, they want to come back. And, and so he's the one that kind of said, take some time after the season, no matter what. But I was kind of leaning that way, and then I think in March when I decided to do it, it just felt like the right right time, and um, um, it, it was a great journey, but uh, certainly no regrets at all. What about the best throw from Peyton Manning throughout his career? I mean, he 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 had so many big throws, so many fourth quarter comeback throws, playoff throws, Super Bowl, you know, touchdown passes. Um, he had a lot of big time throws that came from that right arm, that right shoulder. Which one was his favorite, or maybe which one was his best one, and why? Peyton goes into some really good details here, and uh, a blast from the past in terms of who was the receiver for, that caught it. Here is Peyton Manning on his best throw throughout his career. Believe it or not, it was in, in 2004, we were playing the Chargers, and, and uh, we, were, we were down by eight, and we, uh, and we were driving to, to you know, hopefully score and go for a two-point conversion. I hit Brandon Stokely. It just happened to be our 49th touchdown of the year where we broke Dan Marino's record. But it was kind of a kind of a play that we'd sort of talked about it but, but never never really run before. And it was kind of a corner post that we called it. And uh, it was kind of a last-minute audible. But I threw it like when Brandon was like just starting to go to the corner. Like he took three steps to the corner and then, boom, he turned back in and the ball was right there uh, uh, in his chest. It couldn't have been a better anticipated throw. Couldn't have been more accurate. It was a little wobbly, but as we all know, I invented the wobbly touchdown pass. And uh, uh, So that one, um, I think because of all that was on the line, always kind of sticks out to me. And we got the two-point conversion to tie, send in overtime, went on to win the game. So that one kind of sticks out to me. Again, I said a blast from the past. Old Brandon Stokely, who um, you know, when I think of the small, the smaller, agile, quick um, you know, slot receiver, inside slot receiver. I know there were some in the past. I get all that, but the one, you know, the the one that resonates with me is Brandon Stokely with Peyton Manning because you had Brandon Stokely, and then you had the evolution of Wes Welker, and then you had Julian Edelman with Tom Brady, um, and then it, and it's it's a big part of the NFL today. Now, a lot of times those slot receivers are bigger guys. You know, Juwan Jennings is not as fast as everybody else, so if he makes the 49ers roster, which it's looking like he's off to a strong start, he might just do that. Um, he, he is going to line up in the slot. He's not fast enough to be an outside guy. So there's a little bit of a difference there. But these smaller, more compact uh, slot receivers, the, the first one that comes to mind all the time, uh, probably Wes Welker, but before there was a Wes Welker, there was a Brandon Stokely, and that was who was on the receiving end for Peyton Manning. I believe Brandon Stokely even had a cup of coffee in Denver when Peyton was there. Maybe uh, maybe not for long, but uh, nonetheless, that was a really, really cool answer from Peyton Manning. What about getting back into the game? Yes, you have, and he'll talk about this, you have your uh, alternate alternate Monday Night Football broadcast coming up with Eli, and, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But what about owning a team one day? What about you know being a GM, whatever the case may be? Is that a possibility in the future? Here is Peyton Manning on getting back into the game of football um, from now you know, during retirement life. Well, I think I'll always be a part of it in, you know, in, in some fashion or another. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess ambassador would probably be the, the easiest word to kind of describe it now. But, you know, just, just staying close to the game, staying close to coaches and players and, you know, kind of what's going on. And obviously, the, you know, keeping the, keeping the game great, keeping, uh, keeping the safety of it, you know, getting, 
getting more young kids to play and understand that it is a great game and, and we are trying to make it safer. Uh, so, yeah, it's not having to eliminate anything. You know, uh, kind of taking it one year at a time in, in this second chapter, kind of signing up, you know, for this this year. And, you know, maybe next year I'll try something else. Eli and I are going to do a little uh, alternate broadcast for uh, Monday Night Football this year where it's kind of he and I, you know, like we're watching the game at a bar with the viewer. We're just sort of talking football and having some laughs. But the game's good. Talk about the game. If the game's not so good, you know, tell some stories, have some guests on. So just like you would kind of be at a bar watching football. So um, I'm looking forward to that, you know, doing that with my brother. But, yeah, look, at some point, if some opportunity came up where it just kind of fit and, and you had some more time to do it, yeah, certainly – uh, that could be on my radar, but right now I, I'm, I'm enjoying kind of what I'm doing. I'm busy, I'm stimulated, but I have some free time to do some of these fun things with our kids. And then finally, one of my favorite audio clips of the 20-minute interview with Chris Lowe and Austin Price on The Nation last night with uh, Peyton Manning uh, was asked about the college landscape. It's changed so much. They didn't ask about the transfer portal. They kind of channeled in on name, image, and likeness and said, hey, what are your thoughts on name, image, and likeness? You know, Peyton could have went a number of different ways, said, oh, well, back in my day, I would have made a killing. And I think at Tennessee, Peyton Manning would have made a fortune. Alvin Kamara would have made some as well when he was here, even though he didn't play as much as he should. I think Chris Lofton would have made a ton. Oh, my goodness, what, what Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs would have made a fortune. Um, even Jared Garantano, though Garantano wasn't great at his position and his job, he was a starting quarterback for Tennessee for the majority of four seasons. So uh, po- my point is, the college landscape is changing. Peyton, what do you think about name, image, and likeness? I'm really glad that uh, that uh, Chris Lowe asked him this question. Here's Peyton Manning's response on name, image, and likeness. I mean, my advice to these to all these kids was, uh, I would just be to just just to be sure you kind of keep the priorities in order. I mean, the first thing you're there for is to get your education. And uh, 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 that's got to be tops, you know. If we're not taking care of our schoolwork and, and not, you know, acting right in class, then then the football is not going to be available because you're not going to be allowed to play. So we got to do that part. And then the football has to be the second one. I mean, that's got to be, you know, why you're there to get a great education to be the best football player you can be. Anything else that you do or participate in is kind of in that extracurricular activity, and you know, that's community service. Uh, now it's obviously these NILs um, that are in place. But, I mean, to me, if players get too preoccupied with that and they're not concentrating on the football and on the education, then, you know, that's not what being a student athlete is supposed to be. So that would be that would just be my advice, to kind of keep the priorities in order, uh, to remember that, uh, you know, some of these opportunities might be coming your way, but you have to kind of continue to earn those, you know, if you're not – throwing a lot of touchdowns or getting a lot of sacks, some of those things might go away. So, um, look, I, I certainly did my share of commercials in the NFL, but I did them all in the offseason. I worked twice as hard every time I did one because I didn't want anybody to say I'm doing too many commercials. I wanted them to know I was still, you know, concentrated on football. So it's a lot for some of these young players. I hope they can handle it, but I hope they just kind of keep their priorities in order because that's what that's the most important part about going to college, I think. And of course, Peyton Manning would uh, give some advice on more or less than you know giving his analysis on or his thoughts on what it is. He wants to uh, preserve the game of football, give his advice to those who are in the college game now, and how to go about name, image, and likeness. I thought that was a a really really cool answer there from 
Peyton Manning. All right, so that was Peyton Manning. You heard him in segment one and here in segment two. Some audio clips from The Nation. Again, shout-outs to Chris Lowe and Austin Price. Great job lining that up. A 20-minute interview. You can catch the complete interview online at 991thesportsanimal.com and at volquest.com. You can check out those interviews. But, of course, the cuts are right here um, on Locked on Vols. So we'll get into some camp notes here in segment number three. But first, Bilt Bar. Nine delicious flavors, plus those occasional limited-time flavors. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're very passionate about which ones are their favorites. If you don't know about Bilt Bar flavors, then you're missing out. But you don't have to. I'll tell you right here. you got the coconut, the coconut almond, the cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Everyone likes different things. There's something for everyone out there. And if you know what your favorite flavor is, go ahead and tell me. Tweet me. Me, let me know, and I'll get your Built Bar story out there. If you don't know, well, I encourage you to order a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But the the best thing about Built Bar is not only does it taste great, not only is it 100% covered in chocolate, not only does it look and taste like a candy bar, it's not a candy bar. It's a protein bar, okay? The healthy for the for the health conscious guy or gal looking to lose or maintain weight. Most of these bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs. And today you can order the raspberry or the mint brownie, whatever you like at BillBar.com. Okay, go to BillBar.com, use that promo code LOCK15 where you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your first order. That's at BuiltBar.com. And we're inching ever so close to the football season. Tennessee kicks off in less than two weeks, and then the rest of the college football landscape will follow that weekend. It's that time of the year again. All eyes turning to football as the gridiron games begin. Bet online, it's your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. That's open now at betonline.ag. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. You heard me right, 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up to use that promo code NFL100. Bet online, it's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. From football to basketball to boxing to a ride to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for 2021 football season. Promo code locked on. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook experts. Again, promo code locked on for 100% of your welcome bonus. That's at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, last segment here on a Monday show. Again, Twitter Tuesday. Don't forget, get those questions in. We had a good time hearing from Peyton Manning on the Nation Sunday night. And now some camp notes. As we, you know, this is officially, this is the last week of camp, last couple days of camp, because a week from Thursday, Tennessee kicks off. And what Tennessee's doing this week is they're trying to simulate from Monday to Saturday what an official game week will actually be like for a normal schedule. Now, uh, there's going to be a lot of Bowling Green prep this week, of course, but they're also going to continue to work the fundamentals and stuff like that in practice and in camp and stuff like that, trying to maximize their time. But in terms of being on the practice field this day, wearing shells this day, wearing full pads this day, a uh, film room study, the training staff schedule, nutrition, all that type of stuff, essentially this week trying to simulate what game week will be like. It's a little funky start date opening up on a Thursday, uh, but that's just kind of the way it is. But um, So I anticipate Tennessee being off on Saturday. 
Um, but also, no practice viewing this week. Now, when we get into the regular season, I anticipate, hopefully, being able to get out there one day to watch practice. That is still TBD. Um, there might not be any practice viewing during the regular season. Now, that's that's still up to date. Uh, we're, we're still up for debate. We're not sure exactly what's going to happen there. But Josh Heupel likes to close things off a little bit during the season. And, you know, you really can't complain that much from a media perspective because, listen, the first two days of camp that they were out there practicing and especially in shells and stuff, we got to see an hour's worth of practice. That's that's unheard of the last four, five, six years on this speed, okay? So we got to see that. We got to see, you know, sometimes five days of practice, at least the normal viewing period, which is about 20 minutes or so, um, you know, since then. And now since it's getting towards game week, he's wanting to close things off a little bit. That doesn't mean that he won't still talk. He will not let his assistants and his coordinators talk. He will not let his players talk. The the accessibility for, to, to the Tennessee football program has been at an all-time high this fall. It's been, or this fall camp, it's been more than any other SEC program, you know, uh, far more than any other SEC program. There are still some schools in the SEC that have closed off practice to the media because, uh, you know, I mean, there's COVID concerns, and there, there very much is COVID concerns. I'm not saying that, but often I think a couple of programs around the Southeastern Conference have used COVID as an excuse to block out the media. Um, Florida, that's just one program in particular. But uh, nonetheless, I'm anticipating a shutdown of practice um, here in the very near future, but hopefully we'll at least get it be out there for one day every single game week in the regular season. But still, plenty of media viewing periods and accessibilities there, and that's what's going to be on the schedule. Today, uh, Josh Heupel will meet with the media. Tomorrow, I believe it's Tim Banks meeting with the media and defensive players. And then I believe Wednesday, it'll be Alex Golish meeting with the media and offensive players. And then the rest of the week, it's going to be closed off. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, will be closed off to the media. Now, big question. It's on my mind walking to that press conference later today. It's going to be on um, everybody else's mind walking to that press conference later on the day and may probably on your mind as well. With Josh Heupel speaking today, is today the day that he announces a starting quarterback? Now, if it's not today, then there's another opportunity next Monday when he speaks at his normal weekly regular season press conference. That'll be every Monday at noon. If he doesn't announce a starting quarterback today, there's one more opportunity and at least with the media in a press conference setting, unless he goes on a radio show somewhere, maybe Vol calls that Wednesday night, and that will be the following Monday, a week from today. Could Josh Heupel announce a starting quarterback? I'm expecting him to at some point. Would it absolutely shock me if we roll into game day and we see Joe Milton run out there for play number one and that's the announcement? No, it wouldn't completely shock me. But from everything I've been told, from everything that I viewed when being out there for the practice sessions the last week, albeit for only 20 minutes, so there's a lot that we don't see. Joe Milton has been taking first rep quarterback or first team quarterback reps the entire time. And then it's been kind of a split bill behind him. One day Joe Mil- or one day Harrison Bailey will be up second. The next day Hendon Hooker will be up second. Seems like he was the number one guy in the scrimmage on Tuesday of last week. So I still am still expecting Joe Milton to be the starting quarterback for this Tennessee football team. The only question is, will Josh Heupel announce that today? Maybe. Will he announce it next Monday, or will he not announce it at all? Uh, we will have to see. Certainly, a Twitter will be a buzzing if he makes that announcement. So go ahead and lock, uh, lock on. Um, hey, locked on. Go ahead and lock into underscore Kaner on your tweets. So special teams. A couple of things I want to hit on real quick that not a lot of people are talking about. 
Special teams. Who's going to return kicks? Who's going to return punts? Who's going to be the kicker? We all know the punter is going to be Paxton Brooks. He's a will now be a three-year starter in the SEC. He was voted preseason second-team All-SEC as the punter, and so he will control the punts. The place kicker I'm expecting to be Chase McGrath. Chase McGrath, he was is a transfer from Southern California. He did not play in 2020. He ended up getting hurt a little bit. He lost his starting job there towards the end, but he's kicked an awful lot for Southern California, okay? His last year playing in 2019, he was 32 of 42 with a long of 52 yards. Um, That's his college career, excuse me. His last season, he was 14 of 17, okay? Um, He's a guy that's been there, done that, and he was brought in for a reason, and so I believe Chase McGrath is going to be your kicker. That does not mean that JT Carver won't have a solid career here at Tennessee. Uh, he just might not be ready right now, and that's completely fair as a true freshman. So I expect Chase McGrath to be your starting kicker. Uh, p- kick returns, if healthy, Valus Jones Jr. will be your kick returner. He led the SEC in kick return yardage last season, albeit Tennessee was back there to receive a lot of kicks because gave up a lot of points, but we know his pedigree coming from Southern California as well. Punt returner. Theo Jackson's the name that's being tossed around right now. He's always been an option for coaches in years past. He's always been a guy that's been out there practicing punt returning, but looking like they're going with a veteran in Theo Jackson to start things off as the punt returner. But, you know, other options there could be, you know, Cayman Marley, could be Jabari Small, could be the Holiday, the, the Callaways, other guys like that. But I expect Theo Jackson you know, to, to, to be a guy that's returning punts at least early on, but, you know, competition for that position can ensue uh, throughout the regular season. So that's a little bit on special teams. And there's a couple of wide receivers that are banged up right now. Bayless Jones Jr. is a guy that's been dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue here the last week and a half to two weeks, and so he's missed a lot of 11-on-11 work. Jimmy Callaway has been slowed down for the last couple of days. Expect him to be back. Uh, going back through team drills and stuff this week, early of this week. Jimmy Holiday has been limited as well. So there's been a lot of opportunity for guys like Walker Merrill, true freshman, Anderson Kobe, transfer wide receiver, Romel Keaton, the forgotten wide receiver that I always have kind of coined him and phrased him on this podcast. Guys like that to step up and solidify reps. Are you taking advantage of those reps? We'll have to see. But you know, Cedric Tillman's already firmly in the mix, okay? Javante Payton, firmly in the mix. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, firmly in the mix, okay? So can Merrill, can Keaton, can Kobe, can you step up while there's been a lot of a lot of uh, reps to be gained while Callaway, Holiday, and Jones have been limited at certain, port- at certain portions of fall camp? Um, we will have to see. So uh, those are some news and notes from Camp Life over the weekend and heading into the final week of camp, final few days of camp, and then game week will be here before you know it on Thursday. So uh, be sure, follow me at underscore Kaner. You'll have Josh Heupel take to the podium today at about 11.50, noon o'clock, and we'll see if he makes a quarterback announcement. So that'll do it for a Monday Locked On Balls. Guys, I appreciate you tuning in as you always do. And before we leave you, let me remind you about Locked On Bets. Betting on football It doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. All you have to do is listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcast. Twitter Tuesday coming up tomorrow. If you haven't already, send me in those questions, DM, or tweet me at underscore Kaner at Locked On Balls. Guys, I enjoyed it. I'm really thrilled to bring you some comments from Chris Lowe later this week and some other awesome guests on the podcast this week. It's a Monday, a good start, 
and looking forward to four more episodes this week of Lockdown Balls. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, but until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.